Welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman, the owner of the law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD, located in Newton and Nantucket, Massachusetts. Hello, my name is Hindel Grossman, and welcome to Inside Divorce. Today, my guest is Gabrielle Clements, who is a certified divorce financial advisor, as well as a wealth advisor at RBC and managing director there. So welcome, Gabrielle. Thank you. Thank you, Hindel. Nice to be here. Yes, I loved having um, the conversation with you in anticipation of this podcast recording because we have a lot of things in common. You work a lot with divorcing people, as do I, of course, as a divorce attorney. And so there's a lot of topics we can cover. And so one of them, first of all, I'd like to say, ask you generally, what is your role in divorces? And then I'd like to hear something about you. Sure. My role is to help people make smart decisions as they go through the divorce process. So someone would come to me if they are contemplating divorce, navigating through the divorce process currently or after the divorce when they have their settlement agreement and they're trying to determine now that the attorneys have stepped aside and they've been to court, how do we wrap things up? How do we transfer the assets? How do we pay off the mortgage? How do we move forward, uh, move into a new home uh, and set up their new financials? So my role is to help them execute the plan that they have put in place throughout the divorce process. And I can help them throughout from the beginning all to throughout the end. Well, tell us a little about yourself, please. Sure. Well, I was a tax attorney and divorce attorney for several years before transitioning to financial services in, uh, boy, what was that? 1997, when I had my first son, I needed the flexibility and I really enjoyed the financial aspects of the divorce process of taxes and just of, of investing and helping people create wealth for themselves and their families was a natural progression to work with uh, people who are going through divorce, given my background. And so now a large part of my day involves connecting people to divorce professionals, helping them sort out the financials in their divorce and moving forward in their financial lives. You have a very impressive background, which makes you particularly unique and experienced for this particular work that you're doing now because of your background as a divorce lawyer before and your comfort level with the finances and the tax issues because all of that combined make you a great advisor. I love your logo, uh, your trademark, which is, tell us what it is. Marriage is about love. Divorce is about money. (laughs) And and it's true. Uh, There are a lot of aspects of the divorce process from hiring an attorney to signing the final agreement and moving on that involves that involves money for sure and sometimes in marriages the first time the the couple's really addressing these deep financial issues is when they're getting divorced because as we know some people just don't like to deal with money issues yes it's absolutely true and some of my clients have never bought a car or purchased a home on their own they moved out of their parents house they went to college And they got married very quickly after graduating. So some of the women and the men, quite frankly, just haven't had to face financial questions, financial scrutiny, and they don't really know how to approach a a financial or wealth plan. Yeah, and it is quite amazing that adults don't learn that skill somewhere along the way. It's one of those things that I think people should know going into marriage, that is how to work, not only be comfortable addressing money issues, but also working them out with their spouse. It's true. It's true. There should be some college course or premarital course on how to manage money, especially now. I mean, you know, as you know better than most, that, you know, the divorce rate is very high, especially in the pandemic. 
and you're going to need these skills. And it's important to understand your finances and understand what your options are. Create a budget and create a wealth plan for yourself and your family. For sure. So when you're working with people either during or after a divorce or potentially even before, of course, I imagine you have clients who aren't divorcing. During the divorce specifically, do you work with them together as a neutral or do you work with either side? What is your preference? You know, I can do both. I can work with with one side. I can work with both of them. Oftentimes, if they're working with a mediator, a mediator will send them to me as a couple and say, help them figure out how these finances are going to work post-divorce. So I actually had a couple that came to me. And after we went through all the numbers and we looked at how the division of assets was going to play out and what the new budget, post-divorce budget was going to look like, they actually got back together. <laughs> they are still married and, and happily moving on in life. So sometimes things can work out one way or another when you take a look at the finances. Well, when you take out the financial conflict issues, maybe that's such a huge reason for people divorcing or the financial misunderstandings that you, if you fig, help them figure out a way to get along financially, maybe then the divorce rate will drop. What do you think? Well, you know, I think that's very true. And I think it can hurt. That's for sure. I mean, I, I think the more mystery there is around finances in a marriage, I think that creates a lot of mistrust and distrust. And I think if there's transparency around these issues, I think one party will feel safer than the non-moneyed spouse or the, the spouse who has less financial acumen will feel safer if they at least understand how the money is working. Because with many of my clients, this is the first time they are examining the finances and it's terrifying. They don't know if what they have is a lot or a little, or if they can survive based on what their support or assets are uh, post-divorce. So the earlier you get involved in the financial discussions, or at least educating yourself about your family finances, I think the divorce rate would go down. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I believe that. Well, talking about finances forces communication. So that's obviously helps people uh, relate better to one another if they communicate with one another. And it's another topic to communicate about, which is joint, you know, their joint finances and their joint family security. But it also but spills over into other forms of communication. But it takes the romance out of the relationship, doesn't it? Unfortunately, it does. But it can ultimately keep the romance in if you don't have to go through a divorce to to, to get to the bottom of the finances. So. Yeah. Well, I guess what I've learned being a divorce attorney all these years is that marriage is really a partnership and it's not always about the romance and the romance doesn't last necessarily a long time or it comes and goes. But there's the day to day activities of communicating with one another, making joint decisions, uh, raising children together, like all that stuff. That's a partnership. Exactly. And if you start the relationship with a written plan, a wealth plan, then always be able to revisit that wealth plan, understand what your assets are, what your liabilities are, that alongside a budget. So you understand the cash flow of your of your marital estate, your family, your family cash flow. I think the communication would, as you say, increase and you'd have a happier marriage, a happier partnership. So we talked earlier about ways during a divorce for people to start learning about their finances. So tell us how you'd recommend people do that. Well, again, I'll go back to having a wealth plan. A wealth plan is a working document that gives you an opportunity to take inventory of all of your assets, all of your liabilities, 
And it forces you to go out and find out, you know, what is my mortgage? What's the interest rate on my mortgage? What am I paying for a mortgage? How many years do I have left for a mortgage? Uh-huh. Looking at your credit card statements, looking at your cash flow in the in the relationship and who's spending what on whom and what. And and it will it will help you understand what the financial, what the marital assets look like and the liabilities. And that's where we begin. So so we start with all the information that you need for a financial statement that you need for the Massachusetts courts. And we look at what you're paying on your for your electric bill, what is your gas bill, how much, what's your car payment, all the way through um, what do you what are you spending on vacations, how much do are the vet bills for your dog or your cat? Really get down to the nitty-gritty. You're gonna to have to get this information anyway. Also, yeah. gathering tax returns for the last three years is important. You're going to need that information. Yeah. Credit card statements, uh, especially this time of year, it's a great time to be gathering the information, the financial information, because you're going to need it for your taxes. So this is a good time to get year-end statements from your credit cards. All right. So some people don't even know what a mortgage statement is or what a mortgage balance is, those kind of things. So this is a big learning curve for some people. It is. It's a scary learning curve as well. And it's it's not a fun one. It can be the lack of transparency in a, in a marriage can create a lot of fear and a lot of strain. And so peeling back the onion of your marriage and your finances can be a terrifying experience, especially if you're if you're approaching a divorce or you're embroiled in a particularly adversarial divorce. Right. And of course, when you start learning about your finances, there could be some unfortunate surprises. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. One of those surprises is that marital assets have been dissipated. Someone might find out that there are fewer assets and greater liabilities than they knew about. That's an unfortunate surprise. Yes, it is. I had one client who discovered that uh, their trust funds had been emptied. Her husband had a gambling problem and a other self-indulgent types of problems. And um, then the money was just gone. And she had no idea. She thought because it was in a trust, it was protected yeah. from him accessing it. And uh, that wasn't the case at all. So you really have to stay on top, especially if you're in a marriage that is under strain right now. I really have to stay on top of the spending and the assets. And as you say, dissipation of assets. There are clients that take a look at the credit card bills and the year-end statement and are very surprised when they see where where their cash flow, where, where money has been spent, where the cash flow has been going to just unusual vendors, unusual places. And when they approach their spouse, usually it's not a pretty picture. No, and some people are fearful about approaching their spouse when they find things that look amiss. So that's always a difficult conversation to have, particularly if there's a guilty person who has, in yeah. fact, dissipated yeah. marital assets. Yes, dissipation of marital assets is not a fun conversation to have. As you know, it's generally the burden is on the party accusing the other of marital dissipation. And I had one client who hired a private investigator in order to find evidence that money was being spent on on someone outside of the marriage. It's expensive, um, but she got the information that she needed, and she ultimately was able to get awarded fifty uh, percent of that those assets, those, those expenses, those funds that had been spent on someone else. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was a success story. So dissipation includes like gambling or uh, having an affair outside the marriage, where money is is spent on the on the affair. Any other examples of dissipation that you've seen? I guess addictions of some sort. 
gambling would be one. Gifts are a big issue. Spending, spending money, buying gifts, roses, chocolates, diamond necklaces, watches, <laughs> cars, trips, all of these, all of these items that do not benefit the family and anything that's spent on somebody outside of the marriage without a value uh, or benefit back to the family. Right. So yes, we see those periodically. I had a gambling case once where the husband forged the wife's signature on mortgages, mortgages on the marital home. I don't know what notary allowed that to happen, but anyway, it happened. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So organizing documents is important. Knowing your finances is important, particularly learning about them when you're getting divorced so people can make wise decisions with your wise assistance. And organizing paperwork. You talked about some sort of workbook. Yes, yes. I advise um, all of my clients, and for some clients, I actually send them to them a three-ring binder with dividers. And to the extent they they receive a paper bill in the mail or they receive an electronic bill, print it out and file it under the electric bill, the gas bill, the, the mortgage statement, and stay on top of what the new bills are as they come in. You're going to need this information as you prepare your financial statement, which you're going to need when you ultimately file and go to court or you you have other hearings or motions and and you need to produce any kind of financial statement or the particular financial statement that's required in the the Massachusetts court system. So being organized, staying on top of your bills, staying on top of your credit report as well. You want to make sure that you're paying your bills on time. This is oftentimes a difficult time for cash flow because you may be under temporary orders or you may have been cut off from the credit cards or access to certain bank accounts. So you want to be sure that you do have access to funds and pay your bills on time. Sure. And just continuing to stay organized so that when you have to pull up a a statement for a vacation expense, you have that handy and you don't have to try to go back and recreate what particular expense happened at a particular time. So staying organized from the beginning will help you throughout the divorce process. Right. That's a task alone for many people and a challenge to be organized, particularly in a distasteful topic like finances to some. Very true. Yeah. So sometimes you're a neutral person advising both spouses on what to do, looking at things from a tax perspective and a cash flow perspective. I imagine that's extremely helpful whether people are divorcing or not. Absolutely. Working with uh, married people, divorced people, single people with domestic partners, Anybody in any kind of partnership, business or personal, you know, it's important to understand and have in writing what the expectation is for the union and how the finances are going to flow and what is acceptable behavior and perhaps what isn't. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really trust one another with those that kind of information. You're active in an organization called Jane Does Well. So I'd like to talk about that for a few minutes. Yes, Jane Does Well is a fabulous organization. It's uh, headquartered in Wellesley, Massachusetts. It was created by a number of divorced women in the community, and it has grown to over 400 members. And we have social events, educational events, and a particular event that I am hosting a call once a week with different guests, whether they're divorce attorneys or estate planning attorneys, 
an accountant, a, a business valuation person, mediators, everybody who can help people who are either approaching the divorce process or recovering from the divorce process, and they're facing post-divorce issues such as modifications or contempts. Yep. There are a lot of questions and just regarding process all the way through you know, conclusion. Yeah, it's a wonderful community of people who are divorcing and divorced to support one another. I've seen it work really successfully because it's a lonely time. It is, and it's a stressful time. And you need a, a close support network of people who understand what you're going through. If you haven't gone through a divorce, you can sympathize, but you know, having true empathy for someone, if, if you go through it, it's just, it's a place that involves your basic survival. I mean, it's your home, it's your children, it's your family. It's everything that you've believed in and worked for for however many years, and you had a financial and a pandemic on top of it, it's a very scary time. And the pandemic has not helped. It's been very, a very lonely and scary time for people because we haven't been able to get together except over Zoom. And hopefully things will be loosening up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. This organization, Jane Does Well, was, is very involved recently to form the task force, I think, with respect to the child support guidelines in Massachusetts. Do you know much about that? Yes, yes. I was in the hearings and I observed them and it was fascinating to get some transparency around how the child support guidelines are calculated in Massachusetts. And there are some great white papers out there that have been drafted and were submitted that just highlight the fact that basically these numbers aren't, they don't make sense. For instance, if you had a child support order, you are one parent with two children, you will likely get less money than if you got an alimony order without any children. And so, I mean, obviously, three people growing children need more money than somebody who's just receiving alimony just for themselves. So we're trying to equalize and get behind some of those calculations and be transparent about how and why they came about. And I think we're headed for child support reform, but that's just my idea. Who knows? We'll find out more in the summer. Yeah, the results will be back in the summer. Yeah, the report was fascinating and really well-written, supported by lots of document, I mean, uh, economic evidence and data. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that progresses. It was a marvelous task to take on, an important one. I know child support is here in Massachusetts. It's just a worksheet, you know, plug in a few numbers and it spits out a child support, but it doesn't necessarily bear a direct relationship to what really is needed to support a family. Exactly. And the, the numbers in Massachusetts are, are lower, oddly enough, when we have a higher cost of living than many of our partnering um, in our sister states. So it's really not on parity with other states and we're trying to correct that. So as a a financial advisor, do you get enjoyment out of puzzling the pieces and watching them fall into place when you put together a plan? Yes, Hendel. Actually, I really do. I find it fascinating what the numbers tell you everything. Numbers don't lie, as they say. And if you gather enough documents and you see the behavior of a family and you see the patterns of spending, of saving, of income, what, what income is coming in, what's going out, where is it going, what's happening with the investments, uh, are they investing regularly, what happened, someone you know stopped investing in their 401k. That's something that's a little bit more difficult to drill down on if you're an outsider because if your partner is 
contributing to a 401k, you don't necessarily have a window into that account without their permission. Yeah. So it can be a little bit interesting to look at their patterns and how much money is being put away and when people stop and why. It's fascinating when you dig through the tax returns and you dig through the financial choices that a family is making, or maybe one individual is making a unilateral decision in a family. It's interesting what you can learn about their relationship. I always found it interesting, too, because you have a special skill at looking at tax returns that you could find benefits in there that was were otherwise be overlooked, perhaps even by a very skilled divorce attorney who doesn't know taxes very well. I mean, when there's a tax loss carry forward, for example, that has value in a negotiation. Yes, it does has, have value. Now, I'm not allowed to give tax advice in my role. And so we bring in accountants and just be able to spot some of the issues as a result of my my formal training has been very valuable. My research skills help as well. As a matter of fact, I found a number of clients whose husbands or partners have their own small business or large business. These PPP loans are having a big impact because it's a forgivable loan now that actually can be deducted from their revenue. So that's an interesting idea when you bring in a forensic accountant to tell us more about the ramifications of that and the optics of that. Because it could look like revenue is down when actually they just got a forgivable PPP loan and they have more money now than they did before. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's really that PPP money is giving a boost to a lot of businesses, thankfully. Well, how do you bill for your services? I have two ways of billing. If someone needs me just for their divorce, so if they are contemplating divorce and they just need a wealth plan to walk through gathering the assets, projecting out what sorts of expenses they have, what their liabilities are, how to divide assets with respect to which investments to keep, which investments to share or to divide. I can charge just a flat fee and we, depending on how much time it's going to take, that depends on what the fee is, but it's a flat fee and it's an open engagement. So it's really set up to provide as much useful information and all of my clients would walk away with a wealth plan, a written, custom, personalized financial plan that is provided to them that projects out the value of their assets and their income uh, along with the budget. So that's the deliverable on that. Otherwise, if they'd like to, we provide that financial plan and then we implement it when they're done with divorce and we have to implement the separation agreement. And again, having this wealth plan before the divorce is over or throughout the divorce, we can project out their decisions and the impact that their financial decisions will have on their long-term wealth and their long-term financial goals. Yeah, that has a lot of value. I'm just sitting here thinking, well, you've made this wonderful plan, but you hope that they implement it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's my deliverable and I want to see it implemented and I want to see how it all works out. And so I love working with people after the fact, after the divorce is over. But if they have somebody or they're happy and they just need divorce financial planning services, I can charge a flat fee for that. I got it. Well, it's been lovely speaking with you, Gabrielle, who is a wealth advisor and a managing director at RBC. Where is your office or did your office used to be? I'm virtual at this point, but uh, I have offices in Boston, Wellesley, Norwell. I basically have availability of all of the offices through RBC throughout the country. So I can be anywhere. Today I'm in Florida and tomorrow I may be back in Massachusetts. That's the benefit of being virtual these days. (laughs) We meet on WebEx and virtually and 
uh, it all works out. But yes, Boston and Wellesley are my standard. Yeah, ones. lucky you. Well, in case our listeners want to know, your last name is spelled C L E M E N S. Is that right? Correct. Yes, that's correct. Gabrielle Clemens. They want to reach you. What phone number or email would you like them to use? Sure. Well, my email is my name, Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E dot Clemens, C-L-E-M-E-N-S at rbc.com. Yeah. And feel free to call my cell phone. That's what everyone, where everyone's calling me these days. My cell is 781-910-4770. I would love to hear from you. So thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure. I've been speaking to Gabrielle Clemens, Wealth Advisor and Managing Director at RBC. We're talking about guiding people through divorce. Thanks, Gabrielle. Bye-bye. Thank you, Hindel. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.